how many of my thoughts, how many of my decisions, how many of my actions, how many of my behaviors, how many of my goals were set by me and how many of them are from my family, from my parents, from my childhood. Your conditioning is impacting your future no matter what, even if it's good conditioning. And you can't really double down on good conditioning or bad conditioning. You can't mitigate bad conditioning or double down on good conditioning. Welcome to Next Level University. I am your host, Kevin Palmieri. And I am your host, Alan Lazarus. At Next Level University, we believe in a heart-driven but no BS approach to holistic self-improvement for entrepreneurs. We bring you seven episodes a week, six of which are solo episodes with Kevin and myself and one world-class guest to help you level up your life, your love, your health, and your wealth. Self-improvement in your pocket every day from anywhere for free. Welcome to Next Level University. Next Level Nation, welcome back to another very special, as always, episode of Next Level University, where we teach you how to level up your life, your love, your health, and your wealth. We hope you enjoyed our latest episode, number 869, last week's live podcast, Dealing with Overwhelm. Today, for episode number 870, How Your Conditioning Controls Your Future. Um, Alan and I... When we sit down on Monday, we try to do most of our episodes, as you know, and our goal was to make this week the most valuable bunch of episodes we have ever done. We took a lot of time figuring out what you need to hear, and hopefully this one will land for you. How many beliefs of yours that you have today aren't actually yours? How many of them were conditioned into you by somebody else? That is what we're going to talk about today. Alan, since it's your topic, why don't you go first, brethren? All right, so I had an interesting conversation this past weekend with a client and a dear friend. And what I realized for the very first time is that at least I knew this, but it really landed for me big time. So I'll, I'll tell the quick story. So this client and I are on the phone and she asks me a question. She says, Alan, what are the habits that I need to create in order to become a millionaire? And it was really fascinating to get this question asked to me by this person, and I'll keep it anonymous, because my answer was simple. It was honestly, from my perspective, my awareness of your bank account and your portfolio and your investments and your 401k and all of that, and your Roth IRA, your portfolio, investment portfolio, you're, you're already a future millionaire. And so I had a client who had no idea that she was a future millionaire. And there's so many implications to that. So her money habits are unbelievable, first of all. She spends very, very little money. She keeps her expenses super low. This person doesn't even necessarily make that much money, but again, they don't spend much. And they they save, save, save. They save so much. Their father actually works in finance. And by works in finance, what I mean is they were uh, a teacher. They taught finance and, and they actually teach a finance course that I told her she should take because now that I realize that she doesn't necessarily know how she did that, um, she should really go learn it as well. And so what I realized in this moment was a couple things. The first thing is that this person obviously is not seeing themselves as a future millionaire, which I think is an identity issue because... If you don't see yourself as a wealthy person, an abundant person, when you are going to be, that's leaving 
self-worth on the table, really. The second piece is that this person's conditioning, quite frankly, usually when we talk about your past on this podcast or our past, we talk about past conditioning dictating your future. What we don't usually do is talk about how your past conditioning actually can create a bright future, even without you knowing it. So I'll give you an example. So let's say you have a limiting belief of I'm not good enough in your past. Let's say you had a parent or an aunt or a or an uncle who who really made you feel terrible about yourself and limited you. See, that's lowering the ceiling of what's possible for you in your future. Believe it or not, with this person, their conditioning from their father who was in finance and taught her not to spend money needlessly, to save as much money as possible and then helped her create an investment portfolio the conditioning of save more spend less invest more actually created a bright multi-million dollar financial future and it's so interesting because i know so many people who make more money than this person but this person over time assuming that their investments continue to return a good solid consistent return which is safe to assume this person will be a millionaire. And now that she's trying to learn how to actually do it on a deeper level, now she's definitely going to accelerate that process. And so so the lesson here is your conditioning is impacting your future no matter what, even if it's good conditioning. And you can't really double down on good conditioning or bad conditioning. You can't mitigate bad conditioning or double down on good conditioning until, until you understand it and realize the implications of that. And so what we want to explore in this episode is what conditioning do you have from your past? What does your future actually look like on the trajectory you're on right now? And do you know what beliefs were instilled in you? Because in this case, the belief of spend less money was definitely injected. And then the, excuse me, I just burped. The belief of invest for retirement was definitely injected. And so these beliefs are are really implemented at a very young age. And I had one more person, I'll be quick about this. I was at dinner with recently a college roommate of mine, wonderful person. He has a very, very successful investment portfolio as well. And I was talking to him and, and his parents really taught him to invest from a very, very young age. And so, you know, now he makes a ton of money and he's a multimillionaire as well. It's just interesting to me how much our conditioning really affects our future. I think about it from the frame of, I have a couple stories for this, but I think about it from the frame of, I used to see when I was younger people, and if you're watching or listening to this, you've probably seen this. There's always that group of people on Facebook who posts all the negative stuff of, oh, you know, I hate people or this person really sucks or this restaurant was terrible or I can't wait for the new year. I can't wait to be out of work or whatever it is. And a lot of what they're talking about is negative. They're, they're putting a lot of negativity out there and it's no wonder they're getting more of that. I always used to say this and I used to think to myself, what you are talking about, what you're thinking about, what you're putting out there, you're probably getting, if you're afraid that you're going to be broke in the future. Think about that. If your conditioning is there isn't enough and I will not have enough money in the future, unless you change the conditioning and then your behaviors, it's probably going to happen. If one of your fears is I'm never going to find a partner that 
loves me for me. And that is your thought, that is your conditioning, and that affects your behavior and your expectations. It's not going to change until your conditioning changes, and then your behavior, and then your expectations. I was on the phone, this was a while ago, back when I was doing mindset coaching, and I was on the phone with a client, and her and I were having a really deep conversation. I said, I'm proud of you for going there. I'm proud of you for exploring that and, and raising your level of self-awareness. And this client started to cry. And I said, if you don't mind me asking, why are you crying? And she said, nobody's ever said that to me before. And I said, nobody's ever said what? She said, nobody's ever said I'm proud of you. Her conditioning was that of the fact that you're not capable. There's nothing to be proud of. You're not worthy. And I guarantee that was affecting everything in her life. That was affecting her reality. So my lesson for this, everything in your life changes when your story to yourself changes. If you're out there and you're too shy to be a speaker, that conditioning is literally affecting your, your future because you're not going to be a speaker if you're too shy. Maybe you have parents who were a doctor or a lawyer or something, a physician, and they're telling you you should do the same thing. That's affecting your future. That conditioning is stopping you from living the life that you actually want. So really sit with this and think to yourself, okay, how many of my thoughts, how many of my decisions, how many of my actions, how many of my behaviors, how many of my goals were set by me and how many of them are from my family, from my parents, from my childhood, from my influences, from my community, from my environment. Now, easier said than done because I think Alan alluded to this, these things tend to get tied together, but if you don't untether yourself from them, you tend to get stuck in this cycle. And I know Alan's been there, I know I've been there, and this is one of those episodes, it can be a hard mirror, but we're all conditioned, all of us. And I think the, the ultimate goal is to just become less conditioned and less conditioned and less conditioned, and then more proactive with what we actually want out of our lives. Hi there, this is Dr. Taryn McCarthy and I am the host of the Business of Happiness podcast, which would not be in existence were it not for the one and only incredible Kevin Palmieri. Seriously, I am so indebted to Kevin for the service that he provides. Every week he meets with me, he has been coaching me on how to initiate and launch this podcast he helped me put it together with his great expertise and every week his whole team works tirelessly to get these podcasts uploaded to Buzzsprout and to deliver my content to my audience. I am so grateful. I couldn't say enough about him. In fact, we've been working together so well. I've seen so much wonderful um, input from my listeners and asking me for more that in just a few weeks we're going to be doubling the number of podcasts we produce per week so this trajectory is just flying and i'm really enjoying the whole process so i couldn't say enough about him please if this is something you're considering i highly recommend him and reach out to me anytime if you have any questions about our experience good luck bye bye Kev, uh, remember when you were too afraid to travel and then you realized you wanted to be a well-renowned speaker? Yes. And then you realized that you had to shift something because there's no global well-renowned speaker who never yeah. travels. Yeah. Um, can you go into how you had to shift your identity? 
in order to make that future possible, overcome that past conditioning, even yeah. you conditioning yourself by yeah. telling that story of I hate traveling, I hate planes. Well, even up the part of it too was for most of my life, I've dealt with anxiety. I just didn't realize it. I didn't know that's what it was. And I convinced myself that traveling made me anxious. Therefore, I hated traveling. When in reality, I just didn't like the uncertainty that came with traveling. So that was the first part of it. And that old, my old job really helped me with that. I did a lot of traveling for my old job, which I actually enjoyed. I enjoyed some aspects of being on the road. I really did. I enjoyed it. And it made me somebody who could drive long distances and not care about where I was going. So that helped me, that helped me a lot. But it was a very simple thing for me, and I understand it's not for most people, that this conditioning, so it's almost like, it's almost like there's two pieces of thought that are coming together. One, my conditioning of you can't travel because planes are scary and you're not the type of person who flies. And the other part of you want to be the most successful podcaster in the world, you want to speak all over the world and you want to have impact on millions and millions of people on this planet. And you have to figure out which one you want to let win. And it was very much that conversation of, okay, if this conditioning stays, I don't get the new version of Kevin I want. And I think I was lucky because at least I could see what that new version of Kevin looked like. But it wasn't easy. It was difficult. It was very difficult. And I think our conditioning convinces us that we're afraid of certain things that we're not really afraid of. It's almost like you're only afraid of it because you think you're supposed to be afraid of it. I saw this video the other day. This is, this is really good. This is somebody I think we're trying to get on the show. And I don't remember his name because I, I just, we have a lot of people we're trying to get on the show. And he was on stage and he told this story. He said, there was this, there was this family and the mother would cook dinner all the time. She would cook dinner seven nights a week. And one night her husband saw the, the roast. She made some sort of pork roast. She saw it. He saw it come out of the oven and he said, Hey, why do you cut the side of the pork roast off before you put it in the oven? And Bob she Proctor. said, was it Bob Proctor? No, it wasn't Bob Proctor. It was somebody okay, else. Keep but going. Sorry. Who knows, right? That's yeah. that's probably the same story. And uh, she said, "I don't know. My my mom always did it before me." And he said, "You should ask her. You should figure out why that is." And she went and asked her mom. And she said, "Hey, mom, when you cook the the pork roast, why do you always cut off that the left quarter of it before you put it in the oven? Like, is it is that bad to eat? What I don't understand." And she said, "I don't know. Your your grandmother always used to do it." And they went and asked the grandmother and she said, oh, the reason we did that is because the oven was so small, you couldn't fit the whole thing in the oven. So you had to cut a little piece off to get it in there. That is a great example of conditioning. So that the, the mother was conditioned by the mother to do it, who then passed that down to her daughter who ended up doing it. And if they didn't change the conditioning by becoming aware of why they were doing it, that just would have kept going. And those, those poor roasts would have gotten wasted. Wasted forever. roasts. Can't, can't have, have wasted it. roasts. Can't have it. Can't have it. Before we go here, the timer just went off. I just want to make something clear because when we say the word conditioning, I'm not certain that everyone fully understands it. And I know that I didn't in the past. Same. When someone goes to the gym and they weight train, they're doing strength and conditioning training. So what I really want to make clear here is that no matter what you are conditioned, the only question is, are you going to condition yourself, aka strength and conditioning training in the gym in order to grow the muscles that you want in this analogy, or are you going to be conditioned by other people? Super quick story. We have a dog named Tucker, cutest thing ever. He has his own Instagram. If you want to check it out at Tucker, I don't actually know what the real handle is. Wow. <laughs> 
I know I should know that. I really should. <laughs> so we have three three different places that Tucker can ring the bell. So Tucker has been trained that when he wants to go peas and poops, Kevin loves when I say that, <laughs> peas and poops, uh, he rings the bell. And then Emilia or I say, oh, good bell, Tucker. And then we take him outside to do peas and poops. <laughs> and recently, Emilia and I used to take him out front. We live in a condo complex. And there's too many distractions out there because when Tucker gets distracted, Tucker doesn't go to the bathroom quickly and same. we don't have a ton of time to, same. yeah, same, same. Kev, Kev also can't be distracted when he's same. doing peace and poops. So <laughs> when there's cars on the road and distractions and neighbors walking, all that kind of thing, he gets distracted. So now what we do is we have a deck and we, we um, bring him downstairs underneath the deck and now he goes down there and we just had a huge snowstorm. So under the deck is like more clear. And so we have to recondition Tucker to ring the downstairs bell. And so what we did is I got treats and I said, you know, ring the bell, Tucker, ring the bell. And then I gave him the treat. So now he knows to ring the downstairs bell when he wants to do peas and poops. And I know that we all want to believe, of course, Tucker is a dog. Okay. But we all have been sort of conditioned ever since we were kids with that same type of thing. And here's what I mean. When did you get punished? When did you get rewarded? You have to understand this. I got rewarded for academics. So naturally, I got really good at academics. Kevin got rewarded for being good at baseball. So naturally, he got really good at baseball. I was told I was great at math and not great at English. So I avoided English and then went down math. And now here I am writing a book. I was told I wasn't good at reading or writing. And that wasn't necessarily true. Maybe it was true at the time. Just like with the, the roast in the small oven, maybe at the time there was some truth to I had a natural inclination for math and I wasn't quite as good at reading or writing. Is that still true today? And is that cycle, is that conditioning still running you? So check in with it. What's going to happen 10, 20, 30 years down the road when you wake up and realize that you've been conditioned to be this way and that you never redid your own conditioning to make the future that you want? So check in with it. Who were you told you were? Was that true? Is that still true? Remember, human beings will do anything they can to stay consistent with who they believe they are. There's a big difference between I'm not drinking tonight and I don't drink. Right? You have to understand this. It's an, at an identity level and that's what Kevin and I wanted to help you with. So I challenge you if you're out there, set, set up some time to reflect on your past and say, what was I conditioned? Here's a good question to ask. Who, whose love did I crave most growing up and what, who did I have to be for them? I've done this with many, many clients. It's a Tony Robbins exercise. At least that's where I heard it originally, but it helps so much. Who did you have to be? Kevin got so much love from his family when he was great at baseball. Naturally, he worked hard to be better at baseball because he wanted more love. We all do. Okay. So what is your conditioning? Check in with it. And, uh, that's a wrap. And real quick. So in the NLU squad in the next level universe in the the business. I am in charge of finances. I am in charge of the money. I look after the money. To Alan's point, when I was, I think I was 10 years old, I was up to the plate, bases loaded, and my mom behind the backstop said, if you hit a grand slam, I'll give you $100. I hit a grand slam and she gave me a crisp $100 bill. I am conditioned <laughs> when it comes to money. and that, But that's something I've leaned into. There's a reason I'm in charge of 
you know, looking after money because it's something I'm really, really focused on. So that's another thing too, is your conditioning might seem like a negative from the past. If you can flip that and control it, Mm -hmm. then your future can really, really lean into the benefits of that. Next Level Nation, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, tomorrow, February 3rd at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we have a live virtual event. So this is me and Alan live in a Zoom room behind the scenes. It's not recorded. It's a workshop. It's Alan mostly and I teaching on a subject that we think will help you get to the next level. We are talking about creating financial abundance. So again, Alan and I were wealthy, quote unquote, back in the day. We left those jobs and chose to be broke to chase our dreams. And now we are both making as much, if not more money than we were in our past lives. And it's because there is a strategy. There is a formula for making more money, saving more money and investing it in the right places. So join us. Again, it is totally behind the scenes. It will not be repurposed. You can show up and you can be on camera. You don't have to have your camera on. Our goal is to add as much value to you as possible. And you'll get to meet people behind the scenes. We do not do a lot of things behind the scenes that aren't recorded. This is one of them. Please join. Totally free. Zoom link is in the show notes below. When I was a young boy, many of you know, my father passed away in a car accident when he was 28 and I had a stepdad from age, I was two at the time, two years old. I had a stepdad from age three to 14. When my stepdad left at 14, my family went from very well off to Kevin even thought in high school that I was rich Mm -hmm. uh, because he went to my house and we had a log home on the lake, all that kind of stuff. We went from- Sony Dreamcast. Oh yeah, Dreamcast. We, shout out to Sega. We had a custom yacht that we were building as a family. We went from creating a custom quarter million dollar yacht as a family to when my stepdad left, AKA the main income earner left, to I actually was so, had such low income as a family that I got free lunch at school and I got financial aid for college. So I went from wealthy-ish to broke. And then after college, I made well over six figures, grew my income, paid off 84 grand in one year in 2014 to wealthy again to then choosing this entrepreneurial journey with kevin and then broke and then on our way back to wealthy again so yes it is a formula creating financial abundance is a formula and i want to help you kevin wants to help you with that life is better when you're financially abundant don't let anyone tell you otherwise it's not true and we've learned that from experience many many times also march 26th if you have not gotten your ticket yet you've got to get it If you feel alone, if you feel misunderstood, if you want a brighter future but are not around people focused on the future, join us at Next Level Live, March 26th. It is in Worcester at the AC Marriott Hotel. Four speakers, half a day. Come, full immersion event. If you feel alone, the only way to get to the next level is to get around next level people. There will be 50 other, 49 other tickets sold. You will meet people in this room that you will absolutely adore and they are all focused on growth and contribution. It's a room of like-minded people. The tickets will sell out. No matter what, we are selling every single one of these 50 tickets. So please go to the landing page. It is in the show notes and uh, you can go to nextleveluniverse.com, click on events and buy your ticket as soon as possible because those will sell out. I'm certain of it. Next Level Nation, tomorrow for episode number 871, it's last week's live Q&A. How do I recognize my patterns of overwhelm? Some people 
recluse. Some people sleep more. Some people feel like they lose motivation. So we took questions on that. As always, we love you. We appreciate you. Grateful for each and every one of you. Please leave us a review on the Apple platform or the platform of your choice. We have a link in the show notes for that as well. And as always, we do not have fans. We have family. We will talk to you all tomorrow. Please reach out. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Next Level University. We love connecting with the Next Level family, so make sure you follow us on Instagram. I am at NeverQuitKid, and Alan is at ALazarus88. Also, if you found value in this episode, leave us a review using the link in the show notes, and please share this with someone who's ready to get to the next level. We will talk to you tomorrow.